0: This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports.
1: the sweet science get ready to talk boxing on the gloved fist podcast with top boxing writers frank Letirzo and jack hirsch frank a former amateur boxer out of philadelphia writes for ny fights and can be seen on the boxing channel jack an amateur boxer who competed in the new york golden gloves was a six-term president of the boxing writers association and now here's frank Letirzo and jack hirsch
0: We're back. Welcome to Glove Fist. My name is Frank Letirzo, former fighter, part-time writer, full-time observer, and I am joined by Jack Hirsch. Hirsch, former six-term president of the Boxing Writers Association. Jack, it's kind of a funny start tonight. We've had some trouble with the weather getting on. I, I wasn't sure you were going to make it. I I'm thought on the backup
1: made- system, I look terrible, Frank. I mean, Jack. Uh-
0: I thought you weren't going to show up because you made such a dreadful call in the Castano-Charlo fight.
1: Well, put a couple of, mock me up, put a little makeup on me, and I'll look even worse than Castano. Not just with the pick, but with the technical difficulty. <laughs> but I'm going to, you know, I'll keep plowing forward. There'll be other nights.
0: Jack, we had a big weekend of boxing again. I think the two big stories are the Charlo-Castano fight. We have a unified champ at 154. For the first time in boxing history, and then we saw a guy before that who I believe may be the best prospect I've ever seen in my life. Why don't we start with Charlo Castano, since you got the call wrong, Frank, you go I, first. I,
1: I got you. Got a kudos to you, Frank. You call. No me. big
0: deal, Jack. Is 50, 50. It's fifty-fifty. It's not a, a big pick. deal. No, no,
1: it's a good pick. No, no, a fight like that. It's not a it's not a coin flip fight. You have to use your knowledge, figure it out. And you were the one who said that Charlo could make the necessary adjustments in the rematch. I didn't think he would be able to make the type of adjustments that he did. And kudos to Charlo as well. Even though after the fight, Charlo was a bit classless and uh, really putting down Mike Hopping of ESPN because Mike just, had, hadn't been listing him as a top 10 pound for pound fighter so he really went off and he didn't show much character in that regard Charles, much class after the fight but in the ring he showed great class, I'll tell you Frank about making the necessary adjustments you hit it head on I guess from the 7th round on because rounds 4, 5 and 6, it wasn't looking that bad my pick, Costano no. was on and I was thinking wow he's making his move He's pulled even, and he's the one that's going to be a little stronger, maybe down the stretch. But Charlo is magnificent there at the end. And uh, I, I will say this. I don't care about unified titles. They're complete nonsense. It'll be unified until a guy gets stripped a few weeks later. Right. But Charlo is, until proven otherwise, is that, you know, without a doubt, the best junior middleweight in the world. But he's got some serious challenges up there who I wouldn't take lightly, you know, and Tim Tim Zoo and the towering inferno, Sebastian Fontouri. That's just
0: a tough fight, in my opinion.
1: You think the front- I think he takes but- Tim
0: Zoo apart, but I, I, but the towering inferno is a problem, Jack. Look, we both know when we when you make a pick on a game or a fight, you have a 50 50 shot. The only thing I thought was I thought Charlo had something to prove in this fight because even though he's a big mouth, he has a big ego, and he doesn't want us to have the last word. So I took that into account, and Charlo is a boxer puncher, and he can fight on the move. He can trade. He can mix it up. He has a beautiful jab. He has two-handed power, and I just thought as long as he didn't stay on the ropes, he used his legs and boxed. He could time Costano coming in. But I'll admit, as you just said, after the fifth round, I thought, you know, this is one of them fights. Can the boxer puncher keep the aggressor outside? And if he can't, he's going to lose. And it, look for a minute there. Because remember, Costano was landing some nice right hands over Charlo's jab. And I thought, boy, that might make Charlo tentative with a jab. And if it does and he lessens the jab, Castano will be get will get more aggressive but Charlo Jack has one of the he he's one of those guys that in the big spot when the money's on the table and the fight is tearing. He can punch and he knows how to suck it up. And he he hit him with some beautiful body shots early in the fight, some nice jabs. And I think he just took it out of Costano. And at the end of the day, he was just more skilled with bigger guns.
1: He did, and you know, and Charlo put himself actually in the mix for something else. <clears throat> It had been gently mentioned before, but no one took it too seriously. If, let's say, Errol Spence, as I suspect, and this is strictly my opinion, fights Keith Thurman next and doesn't go in with Terrence Crawford the way everyone wants him to, wouldn't it be a great consolation fight for everyone? Terrence Crawford moving up a division, meeting uh, Jamel Charlo. I mean, that's a heck of a competitive matchup, I would think.
0: Jack, I don't think he nor spence can go anywhere until they resolve their business and perhaps address boots but with, with 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 charlo i read where he he said he's going up to middleweight which to me would be the progression he unified 154 his brother's going to go to 168, so they're not going to have to worry about each other. So I think we're going to see Charlo at 160, and then it's going to be a clamor with some of these guys at 147 going up to 54. We've heard that Virgil Ortiz is going to go up there. You have the towering Inferno there. We know that Boots can go up that high. Crawford has talked about it, and Spence has talked about it. So I think we're going to get some big fights at 54-47 regardless.
1: I'm gonna, I am share your high opinion of Boots Ennis. However, I'm not that optimistic his career takes off. It might be quite a while because of promotional entities. Nothing to do with Boots' or skills arguably he's the best fighter in the world. Who knows? Give him a chance to prove it. I can't say he's not. I can't say conclusively that Crawford or Spence would beat him or he would beat them. He's in the same category. He's in the mix with them right now as far as I'm concerned. He's a threat to beat either guy, a serious threat. But Al Heyman, what's he exactly going to do? I mentioned Charlo and Crawford. Forget about it because Crawford's not affiliated with anyone. Uh, The Towering Inferno is promoted by the same promoter, Al Heyman, that promotes Charlo. Right. Of course, they would make that one particular fight. Okay. In all likelihood, that would be Jamel Charlo's next fight, which is intriguing because we've never seen a guy, you know, who's a junior middleweight like Vandora standing like six foot six. I mean, you wonder whether his height would bother Charlo. A not, but it's an intriguing fight. I,
0: I think he, I think he would cause pro- he could cause problems for anybody at that weight. Would I pick him to beat Charlo? Probably not, but I think he would cause him a problem. But Jack, here's my take. And you could be right, but here's why I'm gonna go the other way. Crawford and Spence, especially Spence, he's kind of cornered because Ennis is his number one contender. Spence says he's the big fish in the division. And Ennis said after the fight, I want to go fishing. To me, the way I see it, if Earl Spence doesn't fight either Terrence Crawford or Jerron Ennis next, he's going to lose face. I don't see Keith Thurman in the mix. I think he has to fight one of those guys. And I've laid it out before. It's just it's just if Earl Spence doesn't fight Terrence Crawford next, it, it's the biggest blunder in management since Joe Frazier, our guy, decided to give George Foreman a title shot instead of giving Muhammad Ali a rematch in 73. I just don't see how Spence gets out of fighting either one of them. And if they let him strip him and take one of his titles, Jack, people are going to say he's ducking boots. (laughs) He can't hide behind the business anymore.
1: I'm going to say something about Al Heyman, and I like Al Heyman. You never hear his fighters badmouth him. They follow him all the way. They show extreme loyalty. Spence, for the time being, has a little bit of wiggle room. People would be very unhappy if he fought Keith Thurman, but they would admit Keith Thurman is at least credible, okay? Credible, and and they would at least admit he poses somewhat of a threat to Errol Spence. OK, it's not an out fight like a short thing for Spence. So I think what Errol Spence says, I'm fighting Keith Thurman now. Crawford, without a doubt, is next. I'm going to get this and we're going to be negotiating the meantime for Crawford to buy that type of time. I'm just not that sure. After Crawford stopped Sean Porter, we thought, oh, his career's really going to take off into the big time. I mean, with his status and all he accomplished, and it's stalled. Look, Demetrius Andrade's a wonderful fighter. His career is completely stalled. It's going nowhere at all. I'm just scared with boots in, as he is so good, so good. And he's exciting. He's not only, not only a great fighter, but he's an exciting fighter. But who on earth would want to fight him? Who Jack, I, I, I... No one. Is it I, no, that I can one
0: see player? your point with Spence I just don't think he can save face by dodging by 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 not fighting either Crawford or Ennis in his next fight. I just don't think he can escape that. So I'm going to stick to my guns and I think because of the emergence of Ennis, I think they're going to fight because in my mind if Crawford can't get Spence, but he can fight Ennis, I believe he would sign tomorrow. But I think Spence is the one
1: Money, we're right. How big a draw would that be right now? Spence, Ennis, I'm sorry, Crawford. Crawford and Ennis. Not, not to us. We're hardcore. We, we would salivate, you and I. But let's talk about the public. Is it really as big as it could be? You know, down the line.
0: No, Jack. But Crawford is running out of time. He'll be 35 in September, I believe. He has to get. It, he has to get it on and get in a big fight. And if he fought Porter on pay-per-view, we know they would do the Ennis fight on pay-per-view, but I believe that Spence is the guy that holds the cards. And I think that he's going, I think they're going to sit back and say, Crawford is a legacy fight. I'm sure they think it's a winnable fight. If he lost it, he could come back because Lukes and the Crawford, as much as we think of, Spe- of Ennis, would not hurt him like it would if he got stopped by Ennis. So I think think that's why we're going to see the fight.
1: Can you say with confidence that Crawford would go take less than 50 percent, go 45 percent, to Spence's 55 percent? If Crawford insists on purse parity, do you think the fight takes place?
0: No, I think that that would give Spence an out I, I don't know where Crawford would be on that, but Spence has the case, Jack. I know you don't care about the belts, but the public does. He has three. Crawford has one. I do think and the Craw- public
1: really does. They just hear Crawford versus Spence. They want to see the fight. They don't care what belt's on the line.
0: Well, Jack, I, 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 I'm going to stick to my opinion. I think we're going to see Crawford-Spence because of, of Ennis. Now, let's talk about Ennis. Did you see the fight?
1: Oh, yeah. Frank, I Jack, watched let me... the fights. Of course I watched the fights. Okay. But I will say this, Ben. It's as great as he looked. The stoppage was like an equilibrium-type punch. It was kind of flukish, hitting his opponent behind the ear. But, but That's that, the second
0: fight in a row he's hit a guy there and stopped right, the fight right. with one punch.
1: Maybe he's the has an equilibrium special punch that he's invented. That would be funny. If he does it one more time, he could give that punch a certain name.
0: Jack, I've been watching boxing, and I hate to say this because it gives away my age, since 1964. I can tell you, pretty much with impunity, I'm not sure I've seen a fighter that I was so high on since maybe Sugar Ray Leonard and Thomas Hearns. What I saw the other night, I saw a guy. Martin Roy Jones coming out of
1: the amateurs.
0: That's a close call, Jack. You know, as good as Roy was, I wasn't sure of him being a star as I was Leonard and Hearns. But what I saw in Ennis the other night, I watched the fight. I saw how his jab was so hard, so fast, so accurate, and he was jabbing to the body. And by the end of the first round, you could tell Clayton didn't want to be there. So we watched the fight. Ennis wins every minute. It looks like he was just getting warmed up, and it's over. So I asked myself this after the fight. Frank, if Terrence Crawford or Earl Spence were in there with Clayton, who we know is not great or a world beater, but if they were in there with Clayton Saturday night, would they have taken him apart as overwhelmingly as Ennis did? And I don't think the answer I don't think so, I don't Jack. Think it's
1: bad. Crawford is very methodical and would take his time. Ennis likes to start a little quicker in that sense. It's not Crawford's style to try to get a guy out off the bat.
0: No, I understand that. He's even lost rounds early. But I still don't think he would have defeated Clayton quite as overwhelmingly as, as Ennis did. And, Jack, let me ask you this. You've watched boxing a long time like I have. What is there not to like about Boots Ennis? What is it that he can't do? I can't find anything. The only thing I've heard guys say is we don't know about his chin and we haven't seen him with adversity. But we—that that is said about everybody that comes up. I know this much. I'm not in touch with Philly guys like I used to be, but I know that he spars light heavyweights in the gym and they can't move him. Yes, sparring is different than fighting. But there's just no indication that the guy can't take a punch. And I'll tell you what, I just can't find anything about him not to like. He can do everything. He can fight from either side. He can attack. He can counter. He's fast. He has a good IQ. He processes everything. I think the guy's a terror.
1: Let's see, does he get exposed? Now, don't get me wrong. He's going to be a big-name player, I think, at the very least for years to come. But whether we can classify him as an all-time great, it's a little... No, not yet. Let's wait till he's in a fight where he really does get roughed up, where an opponent walks through his jabs, keeps coming at him, puts him out of his comfort zone. Let's see how he responds the first time he's taken out of his comfort zone, like Sugar Ray Leonard was against Marcus Giraldo. Taken out of his comfort zone. He had double vision during the fight. And he, even Leonard said that was total desperation. Let's see what happens. Let's see the heart, you know, that Ennis has. I don't mean he's going to quit during the fight, but let's see his ability to dig down deep. Let's see his ability to rally if he has to. I know we could have said that about Roy Jones and it really never got to that point because Jones just breezed through his whole peak until he was on, and then he, all of a sudden was on the downside, you know, those two parts. I agree with you. I'm practically as high on Ennis as you are. So I'm not – you won't have to tell me later on I told you so if he establishes himself as an all-time great fighter. I just want to see more. He looks incredibly good, but, you know, he hasn't really been tested.
0: Like Lehman says, Jack, Geraldo was a big middleweight – so I give Larry a little bit of a pass there, but I just don't see any weakness in Boots. The only thing that could be there that we haven't seen is, does he have heart? Well, I think a guy that's had 30 pro fights and, or, or nearly 30 pro fights, he's mutilated everybody. I ha- I'm i going to guess that his heart's there. I'm going to guess that he has a chin. And Jack, here's the one he really
1: thing. He match that tough in all actuality. When you think of it also he really Jack, had- but
0: it's the way he's winning. As I just said, I don't think Crawford or Spence would have gotten rid of Clayton as easily or as quickly as he did. And if you think about it, Boots did pace himself in the first round. He processed what Clayton was doing, and then he went out and he got him right off the bat. Right off the bat in the second round with that overhand right hand that he sets up perfectly. But well, I just-
1: what do you think is next for Boots? I Real- think realistically, he's not going to fight Spence next. I can't imagine him fighting Crawford, even if the Spence fight falls apart, because again, promotional entities and you know,
0: Crawford think, has nothing to gain by fighting, and right. I will I give mean, you that. But I think he's cocky enough that if this is the guy that everybody can't beat, on.
1: I would fight him. Who might want to take boots on might actually relish the challenge. Do you think Virgil Ortiz?
0: I think Virgil Ortiz would, would go for that a fight.
1: challenge. And, and let me tell you, I would pick boots in that fight.
0: I bet my house on it.
1: It's not a complete give, gimme. <clears throat> I would pick boots to stop Ortiz. I
0: see. That, I but love I Virgil Ortiz, Jack. He has no tool to beat Ennis with. And if you I think, think about this, Jack, think about this. To me, Ennis and Crawford are a lot alike stylistically. But here's the problem that Ennis presents. I don't think there is any doubt that Ennis is a harder puncher than Crawford, and he will hit Crawford harder than Crawford has ever been hit before by anyone. Now, conversely, I think that also applies on the other end. But if it wasn't for Boots' power, I would favor Crawford over him Pretty in a pretty solid manner, but because he can punch, and I believe his power is legit, I think that would be a real conundrum for Crawford because Crawford does like to mix it up.
1: I think Boots would fight a careful, calculated fight if he fought Crawford. He would. Oh, I him. think they but, both would, but, but at some fight. point they would I trade. Open up. There was another fight over the weekend. I don't know whether you saw it, Frank, and not a lot of people did. Uh, but the Frank Gore fight? No, Tony Yoka. <laughs> Tony Yoka lost his first five. Martin uh, Beckley uh, appointed Tony Yoka. Tony Yoka was a 2016 Olympic heavyweight gold medalist, winning that gold very controversially over Joe Joyce. Most people thought he lost. He wasn't considered an elite prospect, but he's from France. They kept him unbeaten. Now the controversy surrounding that fight, Frank Yoka, and lost. I didn't see it. I lost. I saw it and I scored it. Okay, I had Beckley winning by six points, seven rounds to three, two knockdowns, 2 10-8 rounds, ninety-seven, ninety-one. I hold to that round, even though a good friend of mine, a knowledgeable guy on social media, I'll tell you his name, Dennis Rappaport, he actually said I was very generous. I wasn't very generous because I scored the fight, and I. Right. Apologies for having one guy six points up who got the decision. But the three judges, one judge had it even. One judge had only Beckley two points ahead and the other judge four points. So there we go. It was a Canelo-Bivol type scoring where they kept Yoko within range, okay? As, for as long as they could to get the decision. Thankfully, Beckley put it, you know, one decisively enough where he was able to get it. I had a six-point margin, and my card was good. I could live with a four-point margin, an eight-point margin, but six points was about right because Beckley was lazy in certain rounds, you know, where he didn't really do a lot, and Yoka didn't do a lot, and those rounds could have gone either way. But in any event, Tony Yoka's first loss, so had he continued to win – his name would have came up as a viable opponent, you know, for the right. Maybe even Tyson Fury for all we know. And Fury is going to come back. You believe Fury is going to stay retired?
0: No, no. He's going to fight The Bachelor if The Bachelor beats Joshua, which I think he will.
1: Well, we'll see. You know, I'll tell you uh, what's going on with, you know, the you sick You know, left the train, you know, Lomachenko's still there. He's an older fighter. Right. And he's fighting a more important battle. But if Lomachenko leaves Ukraine at some point to resume his career, this time he's had off, that hurts an older fighter a lot. You lose skills, you can't get back. Because I can't imagine him doing any real training in Ukraine outside of push-ups, some shadow boxing, You know, you don't get to... And that's when fighters lose it through inactivity.
0: Jack, I I think, as you said, I think Fury will be back because the money's too good. I think he's pulling a Mayweather and he wants to stir the pot, let it marinate, have the fans begging to come back. I think he's all about that. I think there's no doubt we will see him fight. I also saw that Deontay Wilder has... Said that he plans to make a comeback in the fight again for the vacant belt if Usyk vacates it. And they were talking about who? Joe Joyce, maybe, or Joseph Parker is a potential opponent.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I were him, I would take on Joe Joyce because Joe Joyce, uh, Joe Joyce is unbeaten. He had had a big win. He stopped Daniel. Well, Joseph he's
0: fighting Parker. Parker, correct?
1: Yeah, uh part. Well, pa- Joseph Parker you Know has a couple of losses, but he's still dangerous. You know, strong guy. And when I say dangerous, who knows what Deontay Wilder's gonna have left? He's essentially a puncher. If his power doesn't do you in, he's beatable. You could outpoint him, even you know, coming to him, you're gonna win rounds.
0: So, I don't think there's uh, any though heavyweight like think, though I would pick over him right now.
1: The fight I'd like, I'd like to see Wilder with Andy Ruiz, you know. uh who knows what Andy Ruiz would show up, but he would come forward. Stocky guy has some offense, and he could hurt Wilder, fight. no doubt. Yeah, that, would be, that would be a good fight, but uh, yeah, Wilder's beatable. Then again, he's intriguing. He's very intriguing, and who knows what Wilder we're going to get? And he Wilder
0: was- is dangerous the whole fight through. He throws his punches. He he has no trepidation about getting off. That makes him dangerous. I would like to see. I think Andy Ruiz and Water would be a good fight. And I would even, I wouldn't even no be choice
1: in England. That would be great because of the English connection. Fury would say, go to be in wildest side, actually. And the country of England would be by right. choice. Put it in Wembley Stadium.
0: <laughs> that, that would, that would be big. That would sell. Cause we know over there, the fights are big. They're bigger fans than we are here. But Jack, let's touch on another thing too. You mentioned the scoring of the Yoka fight. We had the controversial with the Bivo canal fight. Is there anybody left on this planet that doesn't believe that the referees go in and in the back of their mind, they somewhat have an agenda? Now, look, I know scoring a fight is hard. It's not easy, especially when guys are evenly matched and there's not a lot going on. But is there anybody that can say, no, it's all totally on the up and up. There's no other shenanigans going on. There's no, no way they're thinking, well, if I score for the house guy, I get more work, I, I get favors, I get to travel. I just think, Jack, that that is an eyesore for boxing. It's been that way. We see it time and time again, and I don't think it's going away. And I still say in, a, in the big fights, you still have to take that into consideration. Look, the Charlo fight was pretty wide, and I'm not sure it was that wide. A couple of the judges only gave him two rounds. I thought Costano won more than two rounds.
1: Yeah, I had Charlo up six rounds to three.
0: That's how I had
1: it. Right, right. But you know what it is, Frank? Uh, Myself, I score fights, okay? If I'm scoring a fight and my scorecard is completely off from everyone else's, I'm not going to be stubborn and say I had the right card and the rest had the wrong card. I don't want to hear people complain about fights like Beckley and Yoka unless they scored the fight. And so many. Scored times, it live. Scored it live, right. So many times when people have complained to me about scoring, I'll say, well, how did you score the fight? And I'll exactly. Go, well, I, I didn't really score it. Then they you can't
0: say I mean, anything, then shut up.
1: Don't complain to me then, because I'm watching it the way a judge would watch it. But with that said, you want to know something, Frank? You're right. I think. No matter how experienced you are, you're a little bit influenced. Let's say our favorite fight in the scoring, Canelo. If a round is a toss-up and can go either way, either way, and we're not sure, I think subconsciously we tend to lean towards Canelo. We kind of put the, a burden a little more on the other guy. We on the B-side be- guy, right. Right, one more punch, one extra punch. I just think that's the way it is. No, it's not a theory, well, you got to take it away from the champion. But you, you want a little separation, a teeny bit of separation. And there's so many rounds in which you're not really getting that separation. I'll tell you what we're going to get separation for this weekend when David Benavides fights uh, David Lemieux. David Le- 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 Le Oh, and over the weekend, Zerto, uh Ramirez won, and he called out a fourth-round stoppage. I saw the fight. He called out uh, Bivol. Yeah, well, no, well, he yeah, and he called out uh, Benavides too. You know as well. I guess he's calling everyone out. Zerdo's always smiling, laughing, joking around. You know, and Jack. Let like- me
0: ask you this: Is it official that is Canal? I, I understand that. Canelo has exercised the rematch clause for Bivol. Now, what does that do to the Golovkin fight? Did he? I
1: didn't know that he did that.
0: I, I saw that on boxing scene earlier today, I believe. Um, I, just... I, I can say this much. Benavid is fighting this weekend. He's going to win. He's going to look good. We know that David Lemieux is a second-tier guy. He is on the way. He's on the decline Benavides is going to beat him he's going to stop him and he's going to look good and if you couple that with now all of a sudden people
1: think Canelo is beatable that's a big fight at 168. Yeah but I'm going to tell you we tend to criticize fighters I do you do and the public for not sometimes taking the hardest fight the most challenging matches put it that way to show their greatness so let's not you haven't done it, but but let's not criticize Canelo. I'm not ripping Canelo at all. Bivol, I still
0: think he's the best at 168.
1: If, but if he goes in with bival at 175 again, exercises the rematch, if anything, we should praise him. I wouldn't do it. If I was advising him, I'd tell him go in with the Lopkin. It's a much bigger fight. Bival will be there down the road at some right. point for you to fight again. But it does say a lot for his his character okay if he if he was to go in and exercise that rematch clause instead of going for the bigger fight against Golafkin I'll tell you if he loses the bival again the Golovkin rematch would still do good business it, it might lose 10% off what it would make revenue wise but maybe I've got it backwards Frank maybe he's thinking as well Golovkin's always going to be there for me it's the brand I think he does believe thing- that but there's always the danger, Frank. Golovkin takes another fight and gets he beat. Loses. Maybe he goes in against Charlo, Jamal Charlo. Right. He loses. Maybe he goes in against Andrade and loses. Because you never know a fighter's mindset. Some fighters sometimes are willing to take a chance. We think they never, never do. Look at Manny Pacquiao. He was willing to fight Errol Spence. That was a terrible match. Pac-
0: but Pacquiao is a rare throwback, Jack. And if you look at it, I don't think... See, with Mayweather and Pacquiao, it works. I mean, Pacquiao got knocked out by Marquez. The fight was still big. People just wanted to see those two fight, and I don't think it mattered what happened. I don't think Lovkin and Canelo quite have that, but I do think there's a part of it in play.
1: I know, Frank, you were very ticked off last weekend. Because with all the fights, I know the one I want to tell the viewers you were most looking forward to the Mayweather exhibition. The oh, next, I was so, I
0: next, was crushed when viewer, that thing was canceled. So, I was didn't crushed.
1: Didn't you put it in order? Like you clicked the button to order in advance.
0: I, Jack, I was crushed when Mayweather, I, I, it's like, oh boy, I miss Mayweather. Yeah. The
1: what guy was Mayweather the worst
0: thing that happened for boxing. Jack, let's talk about our featured fighter. It's a guy you wanted to do, so you kick it off. Our highlight fire this week is former middleweight champion Rocky Graziano. Jack, tell us what you think of Graziano.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you, Frank, one of the most charismatic and popular fighters in boxing history. I mean, everyone loved Rocky Graziano. And I'll you know, as far as technique went, Rocky really didn't have it. He wasn't one of the great middleweight champions of all time, but he had one of the great boxing rivalries in the history of the sport. I'd have to say top five. his three-fight series against Tony Sale. I mean, that paved the way for, like, other great rivalries. I mean, later on, we had Mickey Water, Turo Gatti, you know, a comparison that made those those... That rivalry took those two up a bit. And Rocky Graziano was just considered a wild swinger, but he had some really big wins on the way up. I mean, there was a fight of Billy Arnold. Some people thought he'd be the next Sugar Ray Robinson. And Graziano, in a big upset, knocked him out in three rounds. His three-fight series against Tony Zale saw two dramatic turnarounds. In the first fight, Rocky was battering Zale. He was on the verge of victory and Zale. Knocked him out. Then in the rematch, the same, same thing. thing Reverse. Only the opposite. Right. And Rocky knocks him out. And then the third fight, Sale dominated. But, but, you know, Rocky got knocked out in three rounds by Sugar Ray Robinson. It was on an entirely different level. But even though it was a flash knockdown, he did knock down Sugar Ray to one knee. How
0: he caught him with a big overhand right in that fight. But... He was not, he, as you said, he was not an elite guy. I'll give him this. He was exciting. He was a small middleweight. If the junior middleweight would have been around then, he would have been a big factor. He was only stopped three times, twice by Zale, once by Robinson. He did score some big wins. He was a character. He was funny. He had a good life after
1: boxing. Um, that's basically the line on Gratiano. I'm thinking, who would we compare him to later on? And uh is I pers- think
0: you could make a case that him and Gaddy have a lot in common.
1: Yeah, not Ga- really good at the elite level, but Gaddy dangerous. Was Gaddy was more resilient, could take a beating and come back a little better. Graziano hit harder, had more.
0: Graziano power. was a better one punch punch, one shot puncher. Jack, but I'm not. Do you think he really had a better chin? Gaddy. Yeah, yeah. Graziano was only stopped by Zale and Robinson, in all those fights. He was what? He was 67-10-6. 60, right more
1: resilient because Gaddy, would, when he would bend, he wouldn't quite break. He always found a way to come back. Except for fighters who outclassed him on a different level like Mayweather, De La Jolla.
0: But they're you know, the only guys that stopped Graziano. Yeah, elite guys yeah, like yeah, Zale but,
1: and, 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 and Robinson. And the one fight that people would have loved to have seen... Lamada buddies against Jake uh, would you, I wouldn't have given Rocky any realistic chance of beating Jake because I think boxing history shows us with the guy with the cast iron chin usually withstands the power of the puncher and Graziano. No, would Jake would
0: beat, he would beat Rocky down, but Jake said, I'll beat him in the ring, but not in the street.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know they were buddies actually. Right, um, but,
0: but Rock, well, and that's how Rocky got into boxing. He was kind of a bad kid, reform school, got into boxing just to get out of trouble, won a got won a couple medals, tried to sell them for money, and that's how he got into boxing. And the movie,
1: the movie, let's tell that you
0: Paul know, Newman played Rocky Graziano, play. yeah.
1: Somebody up there likes me if, if anyone's listening and you haven't seen that movie and you want to learn about Rocky Graziano that was a, a great, great movie. And Rocky had a great life. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's popular. Everyone just loved Rocky. Grace. Jack, and think about this.
0: Ring Magazine ranked him of the 19th century or 20th century the 23rd hardest puncher of all time. That's pretty That's pretty elite company.
1: Yeah, when you think of it, he was one of the hardest punching middleweights, if you think about it in history. How many middleweights could you say actually hit harder? He actually... Hit hard. Single
0: shot powers the right hand. He's up there. No yeah, yeah, doubt hit about
1: harder it. Harder than Marvin Hagler for one punch at a
0: time. One punch? Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Hit harder than Monzone, too, I'm for one shot. One
1: punch. I can't think. I mean, maybe Stanley Ketchel could hit harder for one punch. If you think of boxing history, maybe Sugar Ray Robinson. That's a May Robinson. So, great. right. People don't realize he was a devastating one punch fighter who could turn. Jack, think. how about
0: the scene after he fights Robinson and gets stopped and he goes to the corner and he's kicking his leg in the corner trying to shake the cobwebs out?
1: Yeah, yeah. Robinson was just a different level. But then again, one of the few fighters to knock Robinson down in Robinson's 25-year career. And even Robinson said in his autobiography, some people said it was a slip, but I was put, I was down and Rocky put me there. No, he said.
0: No, he he he, he came clean. And said he was definitely hurt. There's no doubt about that. Yeah,
1: Julian Jackson. Right. Listen. No complaints about Julian. Julian Hearns on the short list. I think of Julian Jackson. Yeah, a little more as a junior middleweight than a middleweight, but you could argue for middleweight. Yeah. All
0: right, Jack. Now we're going to put Rocky to bed. We're going to talk about another guy, and it's amazing. We're going to talk about him because. We're going to talk about Sugar Ray Leonard's comeback fight, his first comeback against Kevin Howard. And it's funny, I said to this before we went on the air, I believe, maybe I said it on the air, but as far as well prospects go, again, I think Boots is right there with Leonard and Hearns. I saw those guys their entire career, their entire pro career on the way up, and I think Boots one day may be mentioned in the same breath as those two guys. But Sugar Ray Leonard, as we know, he fights Thomas Hearns in the showdown, one of the the most anticipated welterweight fight of all time. And he fights once after he beats Hearns, stops him in the 14th round. Then he fights a guy named Bruce Finch, stops him in three rounds, and he's training for a fight with Roger Stafford, and finds out he has he sees spots in his eye and he finds out he has a detached retina and he retires. He has a big party, invites Marvin Hagler to Maryland. They have a big celebration. Hagler's sitting there and Leonard goes, but unfortunately, the fight between Marvin Hagler and I, which would have been bigger than Fort Knox, it'll never happen. He waves to the crowd and he retires. Jack, this is a true story. I was a stockbroker of my life. That's how I made, that's what I did for a living. I worked with a bunch of guys who love sports. And there was this one guy, Mark O'Neill, who thought he was an authority on all sports. And we'd go back and forth. He says, Frank, you know a lot about boxing, but I think you're wrong on this. And what I said to him shortly after Leonard retired, I said, let me tell you something. I said, Sugar Ray Leonard is going to come out of retirement. He retired because he was pressured. His family, his wife, his parents, they put pressure on him. And I said, he is going to come out of retirement and fight again. And this guy, Mark O'Neill, goes, Frank, look, I know you know what you're talking about. You're crazy. He's not like the others. He doesn't need the money. He's set for life. He can walk away. I said, Mark, he's a fighter at heart. I watch him doing the commentary on HBO, and all I see is this, like he's in the ring. I said, he wants the fight. So I took a bow there. Leonard came back. He fights Kevin Howard out of Philly and in May of 84. Were you familiar get, with
1: Kevin Howard? Because I sparred with
0: fight. Kevin Howard a few times. I, went to, I saw him fight. I saw him box Roger Stafford. That was a good fight. Howard was the perfect guy for Sugar Ray to come back on a little bit better than a trial horse on a given night could really be dangerous. And that's why Leonard picked him. Leonard stopped him in the ninth round after getting dropped in the fourth. He retires immediately after the fight says, I don't have it anymore. Goes in the rest in the bathroom, pulls his family there. He says, look, that's it. I'm done. I don't have it. He retires. As we know, he came back and fought again.
1: I remember seeing that fight close circuit. That. Fights used to be in movie theaters then, so I went to see it. And that Kevin Howard fight had a lot of implications in boxing history. Maybe not the direct fight itself, because Leonard did what was expected. I thought it was a very close fight at the time of the stoppage. I thought the stoppage was a little premature. That was my feeling at the time. I can live with that.
0: Leonard was yeah. up 77 76, 78 74, 79 74, and the AP had it seventy-seven, seventy-four.
1: 74. Leonard, right, right. But the thing about it is, let's say Leonard had dominated the fight completely and looked good, he wouldn't have retired, he would have continued fighting. Who, who might he have fought next? I don't. Well, know. he was
0: supposed to fight Roger Stafford, so that would have been there. Who That's ended up, and Roger ended up fighting Donald Curry.
1: That Stafford fight was supposed to be in Buffalo, I believe, too. And while it shows you the way it changes, why can't these venues get the big fights now? What can we get a big major fight show in Buffalo, for example? Especially, you know, it's ironic with Buffalo, the way it's hurting over what happened with the tragedy it would be great, you know, a major sporting event as a distraction came there. But just speaking Jack- of the... No, no, but just saying, had he looked really good against Howard, it would have been... Are marching on towards Hagler. Perhaps he would have had one fight, another fight. And they probably and, would have fought in '85. Look, he looked so subpar against Kevin Howard. That's why he was made such a massive underdog against Hagler, because people like yours truly didn't think Leonard had much left. Okay. And he surprised, you know, many of us in the Hagler fight in part because he looked so bad against Kevin Howard, you know, three years before that.
0: Jack, you know, I I think you're right. I think if he won the fight overwhelmingly and looked great, he would have continued to fight. But you know what's funny? Think about this. Leonard, he, he retired the first time at 25 years old, the same age Ali was after he fought Zora Foley, when he was exiled from boxing. You could make a case... People have said this all along that maybe we didn't see the best Ali. You know, Jack, there's a case. Maybe we didn't see the best Sugar Ray Leonard. Maybe those years in between, say, age 25 and 28, being active, coming off the big Hearns win, we could make a case that maybe we didn't see the best Leonard. And perhaps, and I was going to say this before Lee put it up, that he probably would have fought the Hagler, who fought Hearns. But either way, that was at middleweight. I don't know if we ever saw the best Leonard at Welderweight. And to this day, I'll go to my grave saying the only Welderweight in history who I will rank above Ray Leonard is Ray Robinson.
1: Yeah, I think we saw the best Leonard. You just have to look at his resume. I mean, even the loss to Duran in the first fight, which I thought was a very close fight that really could have Close fight,
0: but clearly Duran.
1: Oh, I I won't say clearly. Duran, I have no problems with Duran getting the decision, okay, in that fight. But it, it was, uh, I and I think against Benitez, the first Hearns fight. I think there's that body of work. You know, he looked great against the way he knocked out Davy Boy Green, for example. I think we did see the best of Leonard there. Yeah, but I mean, it could so- be lighter weight
0: guys peak sooner than heavyweights do. I'm but I'm just leaving the door open. I'm not sure, but if you look at the run that Sugar Ray Leonard made from 79 to 81 with, but he had Denise to run as amateur
1: to 76 where he was a great fighter when he won the Olympics, he was outstanding. So when he
0: turned pro, did you have any doubt he was going to be special? Because I know this much, okay. I know Howard Davis won the Val Baker Award as the outstanding fighter in the, at the Olympics. But I had no doubt in my mind. Leonard was the real deal, and he was going to go down as an all-time great. He's another guy. I talk about boots having everything. What didn't Leonard have? He could do it all in the ring. And I would say to this day, like again, I've been following boxing pretty religiously since '64. Leonard's as great as any fighter that has come along in that in that period.
1: Even better than Floyd Mayweather.
0: That's close, Jack. I don't know. I don't know if Ray could handle the shoulder roll, but we would have never seen the fight because Floyd would have never fought
1: him. Ray Leonard, I would rate him higher than Floyd Mayweather if you're asking me who's a greater fighter. But I'm not certain he would have beaten Mayweather at his peak only because Mayweather was a spoiler who maybe could have eked out a decision, jabbed, went into a defensive shell, maybe frustrated Leonard just enough to nip away, you know, and, and edge out a very tight split decision. Jack, are
0: you are you trying are you are you trying to pick a fight with me?
1: No, no, I'm not. Are you saying, trying to get my blood pressure up? Been, it, no, no, no. Floyd has. Jack,
0: he would have walked through and he Would have over. What could Mayweather do to offset Leonard? He would have been on the defense. Leonard was a great offensive fighter. He wouldn't have cared
1: uh, if uh, Floyd countered about, him. You're talking about. One of the greatest defensive fighters in boxing history, in Mayweather. I mean, Mayweather. But Jack, he's got to throw punches just to win the fight. He's not going to win just look at laying Leather,
0: back. Leonard's down. going to open him up, and if they trade, Leonard kills him. What and, and what could Floyd do better other than you can say it was a better defensive fighter? But it, 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 that
1: cost him his offense. So you're, if you're, Le- you're telling me if Mayweather was interested in going the distance. You think Leonard still would have stopped him? I'm
0: telling you, Benitez, I don't think Mayweather would have been as tough for Leonard as Benitez was. It
1: would have, oh, You're saying it would have been a Leonard Benitez type fight. And
0: what was the difference in that fight, Jack? Leonard's offense and his activity rate. I'm not saying he knocks Floyd out. He would have overwhelmed him. His style would have appealed to the judges better. He was faster, a harder puncher. He did everything better except coast.
1: I'm saying style wise, just style wise. I just Jack, I, I just gave you the
0: style wise. Mayweather why he was, Leonard style, would beat him.
1: Mayweather's style was made for Hearns more than it was for Leonard. Oh, I agree. Hearns would have killed him worse of, than Leonard. That type of fight that would have been a bad fight, style wise, for Mayweather to go in against Hearns because how he, he would have never like done the
0: it. Staff? He avoided Paul Williams. How would he ever fight Tommy Hearns? Well, come on, yeah. Jack. Jack, give me Mayweather's best win. Diego Corrales, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not arguing with, but I'm, I'm just saying.
0: It sounds like you're arguing with me a little I, bit, Jack. I don't, I can't believe you're saying that.
1: Mayweather. I'm not saying I would have picked Mayweather. I'm saying he had the style against Sugar Ray Leonard to make Leonard miss a lot. Leonard was at his best when he can basically dazzle from ring center. And
0: you mean to tell me he couldn't do that with Floyd Mayweather? How would Floyd Mayweather Mayweather stop that?
1: Mayweather would back off. Fight a very careful fight. He wouldn't be aggressive. He would but
0: Jack Leonard wouldn't let him do that. He would force him to open up. He would hit him on his shoulders and he'd separate his shoulder. He'd have no shoulder roll then. I just don't see anywhere Mayweather could take Leonard. In fact, I think Leonard beat probably three guys who would have beaten Floyd Mayweather. I don't think I don't think that one is a close call at all. Does Leonard knock Mayweather out? Like Hearns would, no. But he would get him in seven, eight, nine, ten rounds, and he would work him over. Remember, Mayweather's never even fought 15 rounds. I see no case for Leonard losing to Mayweather. Lee, you wrote an article on, on that. Stats matching Leonard and Mayweather. Leonard wins by decision.
1: Okay, that's reasonable. I that would probably be my pick. Okay.
0: There's why I don't like punch counting, I, Lee. But Leonard but wait, knocks wait, him wait, out. Wait, I'm just I kidding. Wait, no, he does wait. knock him out.
1: I would pick Leonard at his peak against Mayweather. Well, you know, that's what, where we match what, all the guys, Jack. I don't know, but what I'm trying to say, even though I would pick Leonard, some fights are winnable fights for the other guy. It's a winnable fight for Mayweather, even though I wouldn't pick him to win because Mayweather's a defensive genius who ha- would have the ability to make Leonard perhaps miss a lot. And, and, and peck away and score just enough to maybe... Jack, that, he was a defensive
0: genius that. because of the opponents he fought. He could be a defensive genius. Ray Leonard would not allow that. He would put pressure on him, okay, and I'm Mayweather would have to open up. You
1: well, know, Jack, let you me know,
0: ask you this. Let me ask you this. Sugar Ray Leonard, Floyd Mayweather. When you hear those two names... Do you think of them as being relatively in the same league? Because I'll tell you one thing, I don't. I look at them as being a level
1: apart. Let me tell you something about Mayweather. And let me make it clear. I would pick Leonard to win between the two of them. But if they fought 10 times, hypothetically, Leonard wouldn't beat them all 10 times. If If they fought five times, I think Floyd would get him one out of the five, at least, in there, okay? Jack, if if Muhammad Ali
0: fought Floyd Patterson ten times, he might not beat him all ten times. We're talking about the best Leonard against the best Mayweather.
1: Yeah, Ali would beat uh, uh, Floyd Patterson all ten times as long as he was ready and prepared.
0: But you understand my point. When you have great fighters, okay? Patterson wasn't great, but when you have great fighters – None of them ever sweep the other one. That's very rare between great fighters. I'm talking about Leonard that fought Hearns, and you can take Mayweather any night of his career and match him against Leonard. Floyd loses by a TKO. He has nothing to beat Leonard with.
1: about Mayweather, okay? Why are you selling him short? uh, In a 20-year span... Mayweather got edged out by Pacquiao from 2000 uh, to to 2009 for fight of the decade. He came in second place, okay? Pacquiao won it. Uh, A lot of people thought perhaps Mayweather should have gotten it for that decade, but Pacquiao got it. But then Mayweather won fight of the decade the next decade. Imagine that coming in second and first in a 20-year span. That's Jack, a- I am not,
0: I am not saying he couldn't, he didn't, he, Leonard is the best manager in the history of boxing. The, I'm sorry, Mayweather Dad, is the best Dad. manager in the history of boxing. Let but We, we may never even saw Leonard, Leonard Mayweather's I Leonard best.
1: Mayweather. I rate Leonard over Mayweather. I want to make it clear. I don't want you leaving the show tonight thinking, oh, I rate Mayweather above Leonard. I don't. I rate Leonard above Mayweather, but what I'm saying is, Mayweather is when you talk about the great fighters of Leonard's era. You talk about Hearns. You talk about Duran. You talk so about- far. He's going he- too. You want to continue? Mayweather could would would have been able to join that company. Is what I'm saying. He would have fit in. Is what I'm saying. He would have been the fifth king, the sixth king, or whatever amount.
0: He, he i'll say been, he might have been the seventh king i'll give you that been, he's he not beating duran at his best he he's not Durant. beating Hagler at his best he's not beating benitez at his best and he certainly isn't beating hearns at his best
1: okay but these guys weren't always at their best benitez nearly lost and some people think he did to bruce curry who was a heck of a fighter he got knocked down three times he had bad nights Listen, Aaron. I'm um,
0: Jack. I am Aaron. saying, at their best, Benitez did for Palomino, Duran, and Leonard. That Benitez would defeat Mayweather, in my opinion. You and even Palomino, if he had to go after him, he would beat him.
1: You think Palomino beats
0: Mayweather? No, I think it's like the I think it's like the Cotto fight. I think that I think Mayweather would pull that out. And there's one for you. I believe. Jack, I'll give you another one. You give me Donald Curry between eighty-three and Milt McCrory. I'll take him over Mayweather.
1: Yeah, I mean he was a great fighter for that short window. But here you go. You, you start listing the guys, Frank, and before we know it, you're listing eight, nine, ten guys who would have beaten Mayweather at Mayweather's best. And Mayweather was too great of a fighter that to happen maybe they would have beaten him he would have beaten them and would have kind of gone back and forth a bit in that company. jack i
0: think mayweather was a great manager and i think that has a lot to do with how well he was how how much he succeeded why we still talk about him but when i i'll just tell you this again if we were sitting down at a picnic you and i and we were talking about boxing And you said, Frank, tell me about some of the great fighters you've seen. Jack, we would have to sit there for three hours before Floyd Mayweather came to my mind. I can't even remember where I was the night I watched all of his fights. But you give me Leonard, Hearns, Hagler, Duran, Michael Spinks, other guys like that. I remember where I was, what the weather was like, what shirt I had on, what car I drove there in? No, the Leonard problem. to me just Frank, is not in that league.
1: I think you're jealous of all the money that Mayweather's making. That's what I think it is, Frank. You're Has nothing to do with the, it. the, the money he's getting because he likes. Nothing to flag. do with it.
0: If Shane Mosley had him on, if Shane Mosley almost knocked him out, Leonard he looked like he wore a cape when he fought Leonard because he would fly out of the you ring.
1: Telling, you're telling me if Mayweather met you, Frankie, and he opened his suitcase and said, "You have to come on glove fist." And say, oh, maybe I would have beaten them. You wouldn't have been tempted. I'm like, and yeah. then, I would,
0: then, I, then I would pull back Bob Averman. I'd say, yeah, yesterday I lied. Today I'm telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, listen, one of these hypothetical matchups, you know, you never know. My point, and all I want to make it as a point, Mayweather would have fit in. Okay, he would have fit in. It wasn't a question he was on a— Okay, Jack, I'll go with that. I just
0: think he would have been the ugly stepsister. You
1: could bracket him in the same class as these guys, even if you want to do it in the lower level of that bracket, that elite bracket. Maybe he just sneaks in that bracket, but he is in the great bracket of the Leonard Hearns— you know, uh, Hagler, Benitez, maybe the lower part of the bracket. Maybe he's on the ground floor and all the rest on the penthouse.
0: Okay? but I, yeah. get I like how you've come around because I will go along with that. But he is just yeah. not in their league. That's all. Well, and again, again. Jack,
1: what, I here.
0: don't think we saw – we may not have seen the best of Mayweather either because he picked his spots. He retired – To avoid Williams and Margarito, I know you're going to say aggressors like Margarito he beats. You know, I'm not sure about that. Because if you look at his career, the tough fights he had were all by guys that pressured him, made him rush what he was doing. He couldn't plot and plan against them. And Margarito was bigger, stronger, and more durable than Maidania or Castillo.
1: Yeah, Mayweather, it's, it's unfortunate. I can't point to many fights where you know, where he kind of c- could silence the critics like yourself. It's unfortunate, you know, he didn't fight Pacquiao when he should have. He fought a good Pacquiao, but the fight didn't take place when they were both at their very best, when it could have.
0: In but, in 2010, I think Pacquiao would have had a shot, right, but I right. think Mayweather beats Pacquiao nine out of ten times at and their he best. Didn't
1: fight Antonio Margarito. I think he would have beaten Paul Williams. I'm not so sure. That would have been, you know, I don't know whether he beats Paul Williams. Like the best of Paul Williams, you know,
0: Jack, here's the one thing I'll say about Mayweather. No way Lee, he would have ever taken that fight. Here's what I'll say about Mayweather. I respect that. He was always in great shape and he knew what was important. I respect him for that. I think he should be, an exemplary model for that. Teaching these guys. Look, look, guys like Adrian well, Broder come man. along. They want to be Floyd, but they don't want to pay the price. We never saw Mayweather out of shape. He took it serious. He knew it was important, and he won.
1: Good one. Good friend. time,
0: Jack. Thanks it's for showing
1: up. The Imagine Mayweather lost <laughs> the exhibition, but well, let's leave it at that.